Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, folks out there in Cyberland. Um, this is Dr. Simon, and my show, as always, is The Stories We Live By. And today I wanted to talk about the uh, difference between liberal stories that people live by and conservative stories. Um, saying at first that what I understand liberalism to be and conservatism to be bear little real relationship to the political scene now uh, fully taken hold in the United States of America uh, in which um, both these parties, uh, liberals and conservatives, have become full. Gee, I have somebody with me. Um, hello? Hello? Oh, he's dropped. Okay. Um, liberals and conservatives are filled with cancerous ideas. So, in effect, this is <clears throat> part five of the series I've been doing about cancerous ideas. Uh, an article in the Times, based on a study that was done, shows that at this point, fully 50% of Americans object more to their child marrying across party lines than across religious or racial lines. Uh, that's staggering. And while I'll deal with the history of how this happened, because both the liberals and the conservatives, um, uh, I think, are responsible for this. Um, but let me first talk about what I see as liberalism as a story to live by and conservatism and point out that one really can't exist without the other. It really is a, a point of, of uh, subtle difference in many cases, uh, and one morphs easily into the other when it's handled rationally, uh, when it's handled uh, without uh, the kind of uh, political rancor and hatred uh, that has been developing uh, in my lifetime over the last 30 or 40 years. Liberals believe that people can change. Now, I have to be a liberal. I've always been a liberal for a variety of reasons, but one of which is I'm a teacher and a psychotherapist. And unless there is a foundation, a belief, a hope that the efforts of the school and what happens in my classroom or what happens between me and somebody who comes to me in distress emotionally and psychologically are capable of change, then I'm banging my head against the wall. Uh, it's not that everybody I've ever taught or everybody I've ever worked with has uh, changed uh, or developed or grown, but enough so that my faith lies in the idea that people are changeable. For the conservative, the idea is that people sort of are the way they are. And historically, people were born rich or poor uh, because of their blood. If you look at the caste system, if you look at the political system that has existed in, for hundreds of years in Great Britain, the lords and ladies of the manor 
was somehow innately different than the people who served them or for the people who were really poor. They were sort of made this way. It was in their blood, it was in their genes, or it might have been God's will. For the liberal, it's the environment that has to be focused on, not something innate to the individual. And, and therefore, the idea for the liberal is to change the environment. And if you can do this adequately, you can have a change in people, in general or specific. For the conservative, people can change if they struggle if they are able to take responsibility for their lives, if they can be virtuous and they can raise themselves by the bootstraps. Right? What has happened, at least in my lifetime, that moved me away from what was happening in liberalism and makes much of what I see happening in the cons what's called conservatism, uh, repulsive, uh, was an, taking an extreme position. For the liberals, the extreme position was, not only do you have to change poverty and prejudice and violence, particularly against women and minorities, but has to be done and a recognition that the individual is a victim. And I fully accept that people can be victimized. I mean, I, you'd have to, to me, be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see that people are victimized. Um, the problem that I saw happening in the 70s, late 60s and 70s is that once an individual was a victim, they were always a victim. And people had to be given, they had to be helped there had to be a kind of a paternalism on the part of the liberal establishment to pull these people out of their difficulties. And the underlying assumption was they couldn't make it unless they were given uh, endless amounts of help. Uh, and, and this led to all kinds of really strange ideas um, and notion that you can't really hold the victim responsible for their victimization, and therefore they're not responsible. And this, to me, is a repulsive idea that takes the environment and makes it totally supersede the individual, that there is no individual that can engage the environment and fight back against that oppressive uh, 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 environment, unless they're helped by a kind of a patronizing system that has to give them money and has to give them special help. Um, especially when it became focused in the 70s on minorities and women. And I remember a meeting we had uh, at my college, and it was sort of a rally, in which um, blacks were the oppressed minority, and I don't question for a second the oppression of blacks through racism, uh, the years of slavery, the breakup of families. Um, and a young man who was white stood up and he said, I don't disagree with everything, anything you guys are saying. 
He says, but I work two jobs. I come to school. I do my homework on the train. I'm struggling. Why don't you talk about helping me in the same way as you're helping black kids or other minorities or women who are oppressed? And everything got quiet at that moment because it became clear at that moment to people that pointing out the victimization of one group rather than the victimization of everybody, that if one group needs help, if women need help, then there are men who need help. If one race needs help, then there are other races that need help. And the help has to be given across the board. The assumption is anybody can suffer and anybody can be helped to, to improve their lot. And what always bothered me was that if I raised this issue, if I said that there are women who don't need a leg up, they don't need help, they're stronger than some of the men, I was a sexist. And if I said that there are whites who should be treated with the same deferential treatment and the same opportunities as minorities and blacks, I was a racist. This idea that to speak against the way in which the paternalistic state, the, the, what was called the nanny state by conservatives, somewhat fairly and in many ways unfairly, made you a bigot, a racist, um, and, and therefore um, there, was no, there was no arguing. The argument became a dead argument. Um, in the 70s, uh, Robert Bork was put up for the uh, Supreme Court. And while Bork was a critic of abortion, and I don't even know how, how deep his criticism was, he was savaged by the liberal establishment in Congress. In fact, his name became a verb. This man or that man was borked. To be borked <laughs> was to be buried under. Uh, the fact is that Bork happened to be a rather brilliant jurist and a brilliant legal scholar. And subsequently, this became a precedent that if somebody up, coming up for a job, Supreme Court or whatever, was labeled uh, anti-liberal uh, or anti-conservative, they failed a litmus test, regardless of their credentials. They would be turned down. They would be literally savaged. Uh, they would be treated as toxic waste uh, and seriously hurt emotionally and psychologically. And this kind of cancer has become embedded in our society. On the conservative side, uh, I recommend a book called American Theocracy by Kevin Phillips, who was a Republican and was a writer for Richard Nixon, so he had good conservative uh, credentials, although uh, neither Reagan nor uh, or, or, uh, uh, Nixon today, I think, could get the nomination because they'd be seen as too far left, too far liberal. What happened on the right was a reaction to what was on the left, which was a reaction to what was on the right. And I'm not going to get involved in the chicken and egg discussion 
who started this and who, who you know and how did it get worse uh but uh, once the idea happened that God was on the Republican side, uh, and God made you the way you are, and unless you understood and accepted uh, Christian theology, uh, you were the enemy. You would be demonized. And that now stands, uh, although a little bit of breakdown in, in, in that kind of a thing, because now that the Republicans have the House and the Senate, they really need to show that they're capable of governing, uh, although there's a group in there uh, that uh, social issues uh, and what they claim is God's will uh, will trump anything else. Um, what, we, we, what we're seeing is a cancerous idea that uh, America is to be a Christian country, that... Um, the, the loyalty test is based on your religion and not your adherence and love of the Constitution. And as I've said many times, once these ideas, these, these ideas become authoritarian and totalitarian, they become extremely dangerous because if human beings give up the idea that people can change, that there's injustice in the world, and that injustice has to be eradicated, and we simply see uh, those of us who are the, the, the true believer uh, know what's right, and anybody else who disagrees with us is a demon, a devil, um, and, and has to be uh, disposed of. There is nothing rational. There is no rational discussion. And yet, the moral goal of the conservative has always been to have reasonable responsible people the moral goal of the liberal has always been and continues to be social justice and a society that is just and a society that demands of its people that they be responsible creative effective citizens is one that flourishes one that demonizes the other where names are hurled uh, becomes an extreme form of conservatism and an extreme form of liberalism. And that's where we are now. Um, I don't know when it exactly occurred in the last 10 years or so that Republicans and Democrats can't talk to one another, that they are the enemy, and that uh, God is on the side more of the Republicans, as far as I can see it, um, and that uh, God is going to be running the show and not um, people according to the principles of the Constitution and the principles of a democracy. So you can analyze your own standing in this. Do you believe in social change and social justice? Do you believe also in responsible individuals? Do you believe that the goal of changing the environment is to help create responsible individuals and that the job of responsible individuals is to be morally responsible and move towards social justice that supports the growth of individuals to become increasingly responsible and just in their own world? To me, one really... Uh, lot lies up against the other. They merge 
uh, uh, with each other. Let me let me give you some examples from my personal life as a therapist. When I was a young therapist, I had a patient that I still remember very clearly, a very, very bright woman who uh, was in the medical profession. And she came to me after some time in AA that her childhood was one of horror. She had been sexually abused by more than one family member. She had been neglected. Uh, she had no rights either as a woman or as a human being. Um, she got married to a man she shouldn't have married because so many individuals who think themselves worthless um, will will go back into a situation uh, where somebody has to tell them what to do and ultimately might become abuse. And she married an abusive individual. And he left her. And at some point early in the marriage, she began to drink. And as she put it, the minute the first drink I ever had was the best feeling I ever had. And it was as if she climbed into a bottle and couldn't get out. And throughout her young adulthood, as she had three children, she really was not much of a mother. In fact, she was a lousy mother because she was still drinking heavily and could not be responsible as an adult or as a parent to her children. When I was in my very liberal state, I saw her as a victim. And I remember now saying, and I gag as I think about having said that, that she was not responsible for her drinking. Well, the fact of the matter is, she is responsible for her drinking. Anybody who takes drugs or alcohol is responsible for what they do. They may not feel responsible, but I recognize now that she had taken responsibility for her drinking. Had she come to me and I only saw her as the victim, I would have failed her utterly. In fact, I failed her in part by taking the position that she was responsible because if she accepts responsibility, she felt guilty about what she had done with her children. And I should have allowed her and not tried to expiate that guilt. She was guilty of having done to her children not the sexual abuse or physical abuse, but a neglect, an abuse of neglect, <clears throat> as she tried to escape from her powerfully negative feelings by her fears and anxieties <clears throat> by uh, excessive use of alcohol. She was responsible. And I didn't serve her well. On the other hand, as the years went by, I began to see that I never had a patient, I never saw anybody who was really disturbed, who didn't seem to have good reason to be disturbed. And often, if not always, that disturbance interfered with them to be a flexible, loving, caring, but responsible individual. The individual has to be there. Otherwise, there's nobody to work with. If I am dealing with a past that no longer exists, and blaming the past, which can easily be done and is not unfair to do. That you have been victimized, my dear friend. You have been hurt by your life. Most of us, in one way or another, have. On the other hand, if you are not responsible now, our goal 
must be to help you develop the insight and the skills. Insight and skills. Maybe insight is a skill. To be able to cast off the role of the victim. Set and make plans for your future. And take responsibility for achieving those goals. Um, When I see conservatives, they very often say, I am a self-made man. I did it all on my own. Really? You didn't have parents who helped? You didn't have teachers who helped? You didn't have priests and rabbis who helped? You didn't have friends who were supportive? For the liberal, it's the environment. For the conservative, it's very often the individual without the environment. Nobody helped me. I don't have to help anybody. It was a theme I heard very often from individuals. The idea of helping another human being, which is often the way we best help ourselves and help grow ourselves to be responsible, just individuals, is to help others, is to give it away, is to live a life of service and not hoarding whether it's money or power or or, or, or anything else that precludes a responsible individual who seeks to be creative and whose creativity adds to the life quality of those around him or her. I don't know. Does this make sense? If anybody is listening, since I still have eight minutes that I intend to do this broadcast... Would you like to call in to 646-716-7756 and discuss this? Uh, Somebody called in. It was an accident. Too bad. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say. We are the products of our genes, but not totally. Our genes seek an environment that is helpful to the emergence of whatever talents and abilities are contained in those genes. God helps those who help themselves. Um, I'm repulsed by the idea that God loves Christians more than Jews, or Jews more than Christians, or Muslims more than Christians and Jews, or Jews and Christians more than Muslims. Um, one of the ideas that does get caught up in conservatism for for religious people is the idea within Protestantism, not Catholicism, is that uh, in Protestantism there's a notion in many groups of predetermination. If you are successful, if you're powerful, if you're good, God made you that way. And if you are a loser, God made you that way too. Uh, In recent years, genes have been used that way, that your genes are 100% of what you are. They determine. And once an individual is locked into that kind of a category and not taken seriously, then to educate them, to give them opportunities, really doesn't make sense. But if you reject that idea and recognize that there are people, for whatever reason, who have not developed into the kind of human being or social group that the rest of us or others of us would want them to be, 
then the idea that they're fixed in that category blinds us to the fact that maybe we are part of the reason that they are oppressed and unable to function. This must be thought about. This has to be analyzed. And I always wish on those I speak with and those I taught and those I treated that they would get to the point where they would say, I want to be a responsible individual who grows and move towards helping others, giving back, rather than stepping on people and oppressing other individuals. So the line between liberal and conservative for me is a porous one when it becomes filled with cancerous ideas, destructive ideas, that uh, you are merely a victim and that there's, uh, no, you know, there's no reason for you to take responsibility. It's not my fault becomes the cry of so many individuals taking no responsibility for having been drunk and, and causing an accident that hurt or killed somebody. It's not my fault. Yeah, if you drank and you ran someone over, it's your fault. And the only way you will grow is to take responsibility. I know that AA teaches that, teaches that, tries to help individuals move past victimization to take responsibility. All good therapy does. All good education does. So, can people change? I think so. Everybody? No. Some people won't. Some people can't. But we don't know that until we've tried to help others. And I suppose I will be a liberal at heart or more on the liberal side than the conservative. But when anybody who's conservative says we have to have a responsible citizenry, people have to take responsibility for their children, my response is you're absolutely right. How do we help them do that? Do we condemn them or do we intercede in some way to help them? Become the parent we believe they should be, the citizen they should be, the student that they, we believe they should be. So I think that I am done. I have theater tonight, which I'm kind of glad about, although I played golf today, and I was so good on the front nine that it was scary, but it was okay. I screwed up the back nine fairly well. I find that after 14 or 15 holes as an old man, I am getting tired and have trouble. Um, but wasn't so bad. So if I went to sleep early tonight and didn't go to theater, that would be all right too. But we will go and hopefully have a good time. We're seeing a good performer tonight. So if anybody is there, you want to speak up, you want to talk, you want to get on the air, you want to do your own show, you can call, a couple, couple of minutes left. But I'm good, I'm happy. I said what I wanted to say tonight. Sounds coherent to me. And that's it.